The winemakers are up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. I'm Brent Peterson. Each week on the podcast, we visit a different foodie city and explore the cuisine that makes that place special, whether it be custard tarts in Lisbon, mango beer in Mumbai, or lizard curry in Guatemala. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Good, man. <laughs> well, you know, we're, wow. we're hanging out with somebody from Napa today, so and we're, we're not slumming it Sonoma style. Those are fancy bottles. <laughs> we're deep into audiophile talk. Yeah. also. <laughs> right. It was it was definitely the Myers sound conversation made the yeah. resonance of that pour just so perfect. <laughs> well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the winemakers. Once again, I'm John Myers with today Bart Hansen and Sam uh What's your last name? It doesn't matter. Yeah. And Rebecca Weinberg, welcome. You, you are from um, Post and Vine and Quintessa. Sounds awesome. And man, your your spot over in Napa is just beautiful. I was really floored when I was looking at some of the photos. It's a beautiful oh, thank spot you. over there. Well, we should have done this there. Uh, next time. Next time. Yeah. Next time. You, you know, you so know, and we could bring it yeah. if we can go over the mountain. So for you listeners, <laughs> they don't let um, us into Napa very often. <laughs> yeah. We have to all have, go in separate cars from different entrances. Check our right. One one goes over Oakville Grade. One goes <laughs> down by the bay. Um, Somebody so, drops in from Calistoga. <laughs> so when um, when we had our celebration of. Uh, uh, Prohibition, the repeal prohibition. Rebecca uh, called in on that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That time. Okay. Um, so, so when we were deep in shutdown. Deep, deep in, in shutdown. Um, the conversation during that wasn't that deep, though. So that's why <laughs> we had her back. Right. Um, I've been trying to coordinate with Rebecca, and she's always been willing to come over and record, but I could never seem to wrangle um, the four of us. Uh, to record with her. Shocking. So we finally, yeah, so we finally got it done. It makes me feel really good. Hurting drunk cats. Yeah, I was going to say. Right. <laughs> exactly. So welcome. Thank you. Thank it's you such so a nice day, too. Oh, beautiful. We were just talking. It's summer. A beautiful um, yeah. February summer day. <laughs> just getting ready to pick our Australian grapes. <laughs> well, so, I mean, it's not that far off, Sam. No, it's not. So this first wine is a rosé of Carignan, and this is from the beautiful uh, Contra Costa County, it looks like. Um, That's right. I'm just getting ready to bottle the next vintage of this wine. Okay. And so I thought it'd be fun to just have this as a, a mouth freshener. Right. Perfect. Um, so <laughs> the first time that I was aware of you or tried your wines was at a, a tasting um, by a group that was called the Wines of Danger. And if I remember right, she used to kind of coin it. It was all people that had full-time jobs and made some wine on the side. That's um, right. And what I remember about your wines is it was field blends mm -hmm. and it was the Testa Vineyard. And I always had this connection to the Testa Vineyard because when I was a kid, my parents used to go to 
uh, Ukiah a lot. I mean, to Lake County a lot. Mm -hmm. And we would drive through Ukiah. And I always thought that the test of vineyard was that vineyard right when you're getting off 101 in Talmadge. Um, yeah. Is that actually it? Well, yeah, it's right. Uh, it's just north of Talmadge, right. Redwood Valley. Yeah, okay. So it is It is yeah. exactly yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, right by the Waldorf school. Okay. Okay. So, um, so, but I thought that was just, I thought it was, a, I thought it was dedicated to, and this was many years ago, of course, to just to that vineyard. Um, how long have you been making wine from Contra Costa County? So I've been making wine from Contra Costa since 2019. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I started with the Testa Vineyard. I actually met the Testas in 2003, but started Post and Vine because of the Testa Vineyard in right, okay. 2012. Okay. Oh. Um, and then in 2019, I introduced the first other wine. Okay. okay. Other vineyard. Took my time. Yeah. It, I know something about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I've had a carry on um, rosé before. How nice. It is. Really. It's really, let me try this one to make sure. Oh, it's, right. it's, it's quite nice. You know, when Brian was the, uh, uh, the wine guy over at Girl the Fig, you know, he would always bring out stuff like that. Oh, here, yeah. you know, try this, try this, try this. Carry on was always one of my favorites. Um, I'm not sure exactly who was making it. Was that, oh, there are a couple of nice ladies who had some over there. But anyway, beautiful. That's uh, nice. Love the label, too. Oh, thank you very Did much. you do that yourself? We did. So I started posting Vine with a friend, uh, Erica Kincaid. She retired last year. And she really led the label design. Um, we found an artist and we wanted it to be about the connection between the vineyard, the people, the place, the customer, and you know, came up with this drawing of a bluebird. Because um, this was something that there's a story about the bluebird of happiness that was always very important to Erica. And so it's about following your dreams and trying something new. I cool. love it. Well, and bluebirds are uh, an important part of like you know integrated pest That's management. management. Yes. And uh, in fact, right <laughs> now the 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 old sort of old wives' tale of the bluebird. If you want bluebirds in your vineyard, um, you have to have your bluebird boxes up by yesterday, by Valentine's Day, oh, by really? the middle of, by the middle of February to get oh, them so to sweet. actually, to actually nest in there. Oh. So that was a big, you know, that's the last week, last couple of weeks were, you know, fixing all the bluebird boxes that had been knocked down by tractors and right. life and, you know, getting them all set up. So the that, extreme winds that we've been having. The wind, yes. the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The rain that we used to have in October <laughs> <laughs> when it used to rain, when it used to rain here. Um, so Rebecca, Let's. We always kind of jump into the middle of these things. Um, where are you from originally? I grew up in Washington D.C. And yeah. and so, what brought you out to? Was it wine that brought you out here, or did were you were you brought out here for another reason and fell for wine? No, it was wine. So I was a a science kid. You know, I used to like fantasize about what I would do on my sabbatical. Um, okay. You know, wow, like you what kind of research I would do. Was. I thought, you know, I thought I would be a research biologist. And when I was 16 years old, the family took a spring break trip to San Francisco that included a day trip up to Napa Valley. Bingo. Yeah. On and a it, bus or like no, you drove a, up in, your a, in a car. Yeah. yeah. You know, there used to be. No, in a car. And so a friend of my father's was with us. Um, and he is a wine lover, he's from Australia. He has a science background, also went to Roseworthy at the time. And he was talking about 
winemaking, about fermentation and about the transformation of grapes into wine. And it just, I don't know, a light bulb lit my head and I realized that I could do something that combines science and ha- actually have a product to share with people. And how old were you about? 16. Okay. And, well, and, you, and, are, you are an, an applied uh, research biologist. Yes, actually. in a way. Yeah. Sure. Well, so, and then the other question is, was wine part of your family? Like, was it on the table? It was on. Uh, it was on the table like beer was, but it, what, they, my parents are not wine collectors right. or winos. Right. Yeah. No. So I was allowed to have some, but it, nobody was really into it or collecting or knew anything right. about it. Well, I mean, yeah. Like most families probably. Really. Yeah. I mean, in, in the United States. I mean, right. if there was wine on the table, it, yeah, it was There's... jug wine or it was Matus or uh, at our house it was um, Lancers. A lot of Lancers. <laughs> God, That's remember. about all that was back then, <laughs> really. Lancers was a Spanish rosé in like a clay, yeah. clay bottle. And right, a little sweet. A little, a little yeah. sweet. Yeah. There was my a lot mom, of little sweet. I, you know, my mom's moving, and I'm <laughs> amazing, amazed that I haven't found any of those old bottles because she's kept all everything the, else. All the candy Mad Dog 2020. Yeah. <laughs> she's bottles. kept everything oh, else yeah. in my lifetime yeah. there. So anyway. Um, okay, so so uh, you're 16, 16, you're in Napa. What do you what do you remember about I mean other so than I, like going okay? Do you remember what winery you I went think to? it was Robert Mondavi. I mean, of course. Right. So I remember thinking seeing being impressed with how beautiful it was, realizing that this was a way that I could get to California, um, mm. which seemed like a dream. And I think it was just everything together, being able to be in such a beautiful place and have something very romantic to do um, seemed like a cool idea. But I had no idea how to make it happen. So I did do go to undergraduate. I went to a liberal arts college in the Midwest okay. and studied chemistry and biology. Okay, well. And then there I had a, a physical chemistry professor who was into wine, and I told him about my interest, and he helped me figure out how to actually make it a career. And so what was that first step? The first step was going and uh, working a harvest. So right after I graduated college, I came to California and I worked at a winery in Monterey County. And which one do you remember? Jekyll. Of course I remember. Well, yeah. I I mean, I was hoping you would just give that up. Yeah. Yeah, Jekyll. Jekyll. Yeah. And so it was so much fun. It was like summer camp. The assistant winemaker and the other intern and I – lived at the winery and we were all about the same age and we just had such a great time and then you know all these years later they're actually married right <laughs> didn't realize i was the third wheel at the time but <laughs> pretty soon rebecca's still here damn it <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah that was that was that start. and then i went to uc davis for a oh, master's okay, okay. yeah so yeah, you have you have that also. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we have to think of better the, questions now. The, so the classical out. way in, as opposed to well, you know, I was working at a record store. Right. <laughs> I yeah. could drive a forklift. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> no, not, a, not an English major. Yeah. Um and and so uh, so what year did you go to Davis? What years? Was I went to Davis in two thousand. So I was okay. there from like two thousand to two thousand two. Yeah. Yeah. Do Didn't you? actually finish the thesis till 2003, though. Okay. And, um, you finished. Any, <laughs> I did. And, and who, uh, anybody that we would know that you went to class or you, had, you went to through school. Davis yeah, the, with? The, the cohort. Oh, yeah. Um, who was, yeah, who was your cohort? My cohort, um, so here in Sonoma, Jeff Mangahas, uh-huh. William Selyam, um, Jen Bellows. Uh-huh. 
or didn't Ferrandor, but yeah. not Bellows. Yeah. Um, who else? Oh, Jordan Fiorentini. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Down there. Friend of the pod. We'll probably yeah. we'll yeah. try and s- scoop her up during uh, Hospice oh, to Run. She's yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, who else? A lot of people. Yeah. yeah. We're just know, curious. We're like always hmm. kind of hmm. curious. I don't think. Yeah. Remy Cohen. Oh, yeah. Kendall Smith. Yeah. Cool. Helen Keplinger. Oh, yeah. 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 Eric yeah, Orr. Yeah, friend of pod, friend of pod. Or, or just, or just names. Yeah, that's our. That that's our. Yeah, that's the name. The name. Exactly. The names. The... <laughs> no, I had a good group of people. Those we had a lot of good fun. Years. Yeah, yeah, they were good years. So you go to Davis, you get you, you know, you write the thesis eventually. Eventually, and so then where did you I... start working? Ornalia. So it was. <laughs> I'm actually not sure I can ding the glass hard enough without either breaking the glass or. No, or this finger. one was. So I was already a Davis, you know, studying. So I'm obviously interested in wine. But again, like I didn't come from a wine collecting family. My father was out in San Francisco for work often. And, you know, being I was 23 years old, poor grad student. So every time he came out, I would get a meal from him. And so I was down in San Francisco going out to a restaurant with him, and I ordered a half bottle of Brunello off the list. And the sommelier came back and told me they didn't have it. He was so sorry, but they had this other wine. And he said it like I was supposed to know what it was. So I was like, yes, yes, of course, that will be fine. Thank you. Bring it. And he brought this wine, and I tasted it, and it it was my aha moment. It that was, was it, huh? that was it. That's, this was the first wine that I ever tasted that I knew nothing about, but I knew it had a soul and I knew it spoke of a particular place. And what? it was Ornelia. So I went back to back to Davis um, the end of the weekend and I enrolled in Italian class, <laughs> Italian 101. And I found an Italian grad student to mm. translate my resume and cover letter. And I sent it to every place that I could find an address for. You know, on like the fancy paper, like I, we used to do. I, I mean, and, and <laughs> the, the thing mail. about it is, is, is that was very hard because even now it's hard to find wineries in Italy on the internet. Like, and, yeah. and find you know, if they have websites and maybe would, they have and websites. Do they but, even have interns or right, do that? Right, exactly. They don't do, apparently, they don't yeah. do that as much as we do. And the only place that called me back was Ornelia. Wow. And it was even weirder because they, the woman wrote me in English even though I had sent my stuff in Italian and I could tell it was, it was so bad. <laughs> well, I could tell it was someone who was an English native speaker and the assistant winemaker was Australian. Uh-huh. So it was perfect, perfect because right. one semester of Italian does not. Italian 101 was not, <laughs> wasn't going to cut, cut it. You could, so, you could yeah. say, can I have another glass of wine, please? <laughs> where's, yeah. Where's the bathroom? Dove il bagno. Yeah. And that was just, this was a, incredible experience. I got to live on the estate um, and work the harvest and it really it set my vision of what So was that your second harvest? So was my second harvest. For the folks who um, you know like you at 23 are going oh yeah Ornelia I I love those wines. Um, Will you sort of break down the the 10,000 foot on what Ornelia So Ornelia is a what's a super Tuscan it is in Tuscany, in Bulgari, so on closer to the Marema coast, and it makes Bordeaux blends. So it's in Tuscany, but making Cabernet, Merlot, uh, Cabernet Franc, Petit Bordeaux blends. Sounds nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
So it's pretty modern, but also Italian. I, I mean, nice. wine of the year. That was the year it was wine of the year. Oh. Yeah. Because <laughs> <It was>, but... <laughs> I had no idea. I think we're. I think now we're getting to why she's made herself, you know, to right. uh, Quintessa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and then looking back, it's a very straight line to Quintessa. Of course, I mean, all these things are coincidences at the time. Yeah. Um, but. But yeah. But when you look, like right. when you look backwards, I look very focused and driven. Yeah. I, I wasn't. So so. <laughs> I mean, I was, but right, I wasn't. Right. <laughs> Right, exactly. I I understand. I was 22 once also, but I was working in Kenwood. You were focused. And then, yeah, I was focused on when my next meal was. Um, So tell tell us something that you walked away from Ornelia with that you still like draw on now. Um, It was the idea of what I'd call true terroir to listen to an estate, understand what it wants to say. And also it it's an estate that has a strong voice. Yeah. So Ornelia is Ornelia. It has got incredible soils, incredible terroir, incredible vision of the people who founded it. I mean, Lodovico Antonori, yeah. kind of knows what he's doing. The Mondavi family. Yeah. We need a bigger no, bell. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. it's Frescobaldi. <laughs> but it is it is a place that has a strong voice. And Ornelia listens to that voice and has this, you know, so it speaks of itself. And that's what I noticed in the wine. And and, and to me now, and, and again, I, I I don't know that much about Quintessa, but I did some homework and I, and I did know things and had read stuff before. Um, but Quintessa is all about the estate and you have, you know, very distinct growing areas there. Um, and and it's all a state wine, also, correct? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's I mean, a lot of similarities 160 there. 160 acres. Planted? 160 acres when we're fully planted. Yeah. The estate itself is 280 acres. Yeah. So the rest of it's that nice is estates, yeah. Oak Woodlands. Well, we should and, all have an estate. Yeah. So so you know Brian <laughs> if Brian was here. He would tell the story of when he worked for the catering company and they used to do caterings oh, there, yeah. and um, going out and serving dessert out on the island oh the island yeah. yes so anyway, he's not here so i want to make sure to make that connection no, it really is this, you know if you if you ever get the chance to go to italy to tuscany go to ornalia because it's like quintessa it's one of these places you walk onto it and you feel something and it also reveals itself from the gate as you walk through it so quintessa is this three rolling hillsides so what you see from the Silverado Trail is a very small part of the property. And you climb that first hill and it just opens up yeah. and you can just, you can see it, you can yeah. feel it. It's it's a pretty nice place. It, it's really amazing how properties in general, like when you drive up Highway 12 or 101 or 29 Silverado Trail, we're all taken back by the beauty and what it is, but you don't understand what's just over that knoll. Right. Yeah. I mean, it barely scratches the surface. Yeah. Right? You know, and, yeah. and I think that picture that you posted last week, Sam, of the moon mountain district from Reprie, mm. you know, oh. looking, looking up the crater, like, yeah. right. Like nobody sees that. I mean, I guess they yeah. do, but you don't think about that. Like, I mean, that's that whole, is. like, I mean, I've taken people, up, you know, you get to my parents' house at sixteen six hundred Norbaum, and then you go past, and you get to that crater. Yeah. And people who've lived their entire lives in Sonoma Valley 
and you know you and it's the backdrop of downtown sonoma but you have no idea sort of what the reality of the topography looks like past that first ridge line right mm -hmm. and you know that's the it's so easy to come to sonoma to come to napa and only get you know the first ridge line yeah, yeah. and and yeah. the really the cool stuff is when you get past that right. first ridge line yes. and you kind of dig a little deeper right yeah, yeah. right i mean the best vineyards are the prettiest right except for contra costa <laughs> 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 where, where the best vineyards are smack dab against a power plant and a motel yes, the six power lines and... come right through this vineyard. So, so so we should talk a little bit because we're gonna go deep into napa and well we yeah, are, we're gonna go we have napa, also but napa. but let's talk a little bit about the contra costa fruit we tried the rosé which is delicious yes. and, and then... i have a red from the same vineyard so we can do that little combination so this is contra costa incredibly deep sandy soils like it's walking on a beach 120 year old vines own rooted because sandy soil right. and you're getting this early ripeness so you're getting this layers of flavor this richness real vines so smaller clusters carrying on i love but young vine it's kind of it's like semion it's kind of boring when it's really young it has to be old to be interesting and luckily in contra costa and in lodi like right. they've for, you know, somehow it. they've saved it because of, I don't know, historical quirks. Um, but you get the acidity from the grape yeah. while you have that richness of flavor. And then only a medium body. Mm -hmm. So it's not a very light rosé. It's a medium bodied rosé. Mm -hmm. um, but with that quenching acidity. Yeah, that's what struck me was the crunchiness. And then mm -hmm. the, but then there's this richness that sits on your palate for a while. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, really beautiful. So I'm what, getting more and more fascinated with this variety and trying to study it and understand it and learn more about it. Yeah, well, I mean... More applied biology? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, when you see a bunch of Carignan, you have to actually... Do you have to kind of look at it and be awed by the bunch sizes and the berries? And, yeah. yeah. Which is why those old vines help Carignan so much, because those old vines aren't going to make... Those like, I mean, they'll try, right. but you're not going to get the, you know, football sized yeah. carignan right. bunches. Right. So when they first planted, I've always, I'm curious, when these guys first planted these vineyards, these old vine that are now old vine carignan, were they planting them for production? You know. I, Did they know what we'd have today? I don't think so. I think it was, it was, it was, you know, sugar, juice, uh, and... And then the other thing that I always think about, especially, you know, this quote unquote, like the mixed black mm -hmm. uh, kind of vineyard sites, um, all the things that we now have at our disposal as far as, you know, acid adjustment, water in, water back, temperature, <laughs> when you don't have that winemaking wise, you figure out your site and you plant a variety, you know, a, a mix of grapes that sort of like fix those problems for you yeah, so you think sense. about like you know the just the sort of classic zinfandel based field blend and you're putting in carignan and you know uh 
for for volume, maybe for acidity. You're putting in, you know, Alicante Boucher for color. You're putting in Grenache to you know bring some structure and some tannin. But but the other thing there is is that the the field blends are different depending on where they're growing, right? Like a right. Russian River field blend is going to be totally different than the Testa. Yeah, because, Mendocino right? is a very is a different and, expression. And probably the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it, so they were planting. What was Sam saying? They were planting those varieties for those things, but then there were slight adjustments based on the site. Based, based on, on the, the site, site right. which is really fascinating. The, the Testa field blend is so with all the wines I make, I'm not adding stuff like I'm not adding yeast. I'm not, yeah. you know, trying not to add anything else. Um, the Testa vineyard that field blend fermentation is the easiest and best fermentation mm. I ever have, and. I don't have to feed it, nothing. I think it's just the field blend. Right, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think part of it is, you know, I think there was a whole lot of trial and error going on in that, you know, 1880s, 1890s with these vineyards, and the ones that have survived the were, were the ones where the, <laughs> the trials went good, right? Thing, I mean, yeah. I think that, you know, and... and How many times, did, yeah, all right, the ones we don't know about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which ones were like, this isn't working, let's uh, let's grow apples, right. you know? Let's, Do you want to go to... Um, yeah, we can skip around. We can or try the red from the same vineyard. You, whatever you whatever think you is like okay, the right, the appropriate drinking okay, extra glasses. Let's go try the Kerrigan. Okay. I've got to learn to say this more French. Like, I spend too much time with the old growers. Kerrigny. Kerrigny. So this was an experiment for me. Do. Um, well, trying to make color. a. Wow. Red Kerrigan. So I, mean, I only first... did this one year. Okay. Mm-hmm. What year? 2019. So this is a so this was a one time, but the, well, I've the, kept the, it's the same vineyard. It's the same vineyard, mm-hmm. but you're only making rosé from it. Yes. At this point. Yeah, in 2019, I made both a rosé and a red wine, and then. And is I that a, a pick and bleed, or in this case, no, no. it's not. It's picked for it's this. It's picked for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like. I've had to learn, being a Napa winemaker, I've had to learn to change my vacation schedule. Absolutely. And <laughs> every year I'm still on vacation and the grower's like, hey, it's time to pick. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm not back till Friday. So <laughs> I'm not mentally ready for that. <laughs> I think, I think our, everybody our pushed it press is as not far ready. as they can. I, mean, I thought that was the whole thing. You push it as far no. as you can. I like to go as early as I can. Well, especially when you know, you're talking about A, rosé and B, yeah. Yeah. Contra Costa. Um, it's hot. Yeah, for is you know it's the the county south of Napa essentially, and so you know and you sit the Quin well, not necessarily Quintessa, but if you're on the other side of the valley, you can look basically straight at it. But climatically, it's so much different out there um, that it's a, a month. Ahead oh, more! Of, it's m- early August. Right. So two so months ahead of Napa before any fires. Right. Right. And that has that. There is that benefit. There is that that sort of insurance policy built in. If you're up there on Silverado Trail in St. Helena, you're in fire territory right there anyway. Um, Oh, we are everywhere here. Yeah. Yeah. The state of California. The entire West Coast. Yeah. Anything east and west of the Rockies. You just think about that area is kind of being in the middle of a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing about Contra Costa County is. It's just the sheer desertness of it. I mean, you know, well, I mean, it's, it's windy. It's sand, right? It's yeah. sand. It's, um, the wind know, is it's... what keeps it, like, is. Right. 
what mitigates all of that heat. Right. Yeah. Because everything just shuts down and says, yeah, because it's hot during the day, and then they get that wind in through the night. And if we, you know, if we had Chris Cottrell here, the the voice of (laughs) Chris Cottrell in my head, you know, he calls Contra Costa the 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 counter coast. That's what it is. You know, Mm -hmm. the the direct translation. It's it's the backside of the bay. It's the it's the Delta coast, and so you have this, you know, this really sort of interesting dichotomy of that you know that sort of central valley heat but the bay influence still makes it there Mm -hmm. you know sort of through the wind tunnel of the carquinas straits right it is um a fascinating growing region that is you know historical but is sort of almost like having a rebirth of relevance yeah uh, in the last you know Five years. Yeah. Which is wonderful. Sure. Yeah. People are paying attention and yeah. keeping these vines. Yeah, saving some of these old vineyards. Seems, yeah. I mean, this is delicious. I love the freshness of it. The color is mesmerizing. I know. It is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, the color is like those of us that, that are in the cellar during harvest, we always talk about how those colors that you get during harvest are unlike anything. Like you can mm-hmm. never get that to that the purple, bottom. That, that purple, oh, that yeah. intensity, that vibrance, <laughs> that yeah. vibrance. I mean, this is, this is awfully close to it. Colors um, by nature. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And this is one that, you know, I, I love um, sort of putting my nose in different parts of the glass. You know what I mean? <laughs> like from the bottom of the glass to the middle of the glass, the top of the glass. And if sort of you go in deep at the bottom and it has this sort of like earthy, savory, earthy, funky. funky, totally. Yeah. And then, but not dirty, but funky. But not dirty, yeah. yeah d- dirt as in soil. Yeah. Um, we don't call it dirt; we call it soil, uh, <laughs> earth. Um, but at the top of the glass, it's this like bright fruit, sort of almost like not bubble gum, but it's like it's really kind of like, like razzleberry. Razzleberry, totally. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> razzleberry. I did not write that the in schnoz- my official. The schnozberries taste like schnozberry, but. I often think that razzleberry. Razzleberry. It's good. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> razzleberry. Technical term, John. You have to go to you have to have finished you have your to thesis eat, at Davis yeah. to understand the you razzleberry. I've eaten a lot of candy as a kid. <laughs> um, and how much how much is well, first of all, it's uh, for those of you listening at home, it's post and vine spelled A N D and Vine dot com. Um, hop on the w- website, check it out. Um, how much is the rosé and the carignan? The rosé is 18. Okay. And the carignan is 24. It's deal for both. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's well, Contra Costa great prices. You know, it's also Roger Randall, order the cool a couple thing cases. about having your own <laughs> brand as right. a winemaker is that I get to, I set the price on what I want it to be. Right. Right. Well, it's totally accessible. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's... <laughs> I think- Right. It's not neighbor pricing like we hear about Napa, you know. They get four fifty, so I can get four fifty. Right. Yeah, and there's I'm not using any so, new oak, I'm not paying myself and contra costa pricing. And, right. Yeah. And I want to I'm also choosing the prices because these are wines that are to be drunk. Right. Like, right. That and I want people to, to feel comfortable opening them to have a good wine on Wednesday night. Yeah. Like pizza. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, cool. That's fun. And did you say what the Contra Costa Vineyard is? Is it a known Sandy Lane? Vineyard? Sandy Lane Vineyard. Okay. I don't know if it's bad known. I don't know either. 
Sand, sounds sandy. It's, sa- it's pretty sandy. Not just a clever I name. I mean, it's so cool. You look down and it just looks like the beach and then you see these beautiful old vines. It's so beautiful. But yeah, then you look up and you see the power lines and the right. U-Haul truck yard as your neighbor. Does the Amtrak go by? Yeah. And it's yeah. just not. It's funny how it's they're funny. all. Yeah. <laughs> they all just. <laughs> urban, urban vineyards, man. Yeah. That's it. Well, the funny thing is it's, it's like, you know. They developed around them? Yeah, there was vineyards and then it became urban, right? Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, let's plant a vineyard in the middle of this, you know, sort next, of sprawling. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like what Chris Cottrell said, you know, the the Evangelo vineyard, like mm-hmm. they. This the is PG&E like a mile l- from there. Leases. Land, land are they leased them. back from PG? It's back very PG. complicated. Yeah, Something it's like, like yeah. they have the lines that go yeah. right through it. Right. Yeah. It's, I don't. I don't drink the wines from that part of the vineyard. Only the other side. <laughs> they're, they're, that's what they oh, sell. The, that's what the they sell to all their friends. Vibrate with electricity because right, of the magnetism. <laughs> I went to went to Canet and he. They built an entire addition, so a, a expansion of the winery with By no elect yeah. with yeah. no electricity. <laughs> like. So okay, so okay, so, okay. Well, so listen, um, uh, we had, we had uh, Nicholas Jolet came to Benziger, okay, uh, and and they did a seminar early on to the biodynamic thing, and they Mike walked him around the property, and we're talking about where Mike was going to make his wines. You know, where in the cave he was going to place them and everything, and he walked into the lower cellar, which was the original Glen Ellen cellar, and he walked in and he put his hands on the tanks and he said, can't make any wine in here. He goes, there's just too many vibrations. The, the air conditioning unit, the lights, all of it's bad. <laughs> and we all kind of looked at Mike and you could see Mike going, thinking about how he was going to get rid of all this stuff. <laughs> and we're going, this is the bottling line. Like we can't right. get rid of electricity right. in this room. You need to find a new place. <laughs> you need to get some horses he, out back to walk in no a circle. Electricity? No, no, but, but we ended up doing everything with his wines, either outside um, or in the cave. Yeah. You know, he, De-stemming he took, by hand he took and, more, yeah. he took more space. Nah, we, he wasn't that much of a, I'm not going to say zealot. I was about to say zealot. <laughs> purist. <laughs> it's, an, purist. it's an interesting, I mean, yes, of course, electricity does. Yeah. yeah. Wait, I can't remember now if it's left or right, but right. magnetism. Right. Right. But. Yeah. Wait, what? I mean. As electricity flows. Oh. In your hands? It's, no, it's like a. It was like a trick from physics oh. class. I think I skipped that day <laughs> <laughs> and all the other ones. <laughs> but, but yeah, but, I mean there 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 is something it's to so that. Cool, but it, it is. Oh, it's hard to wrap your head around. It's a hard lot to wrap my head around it. Yeah. Wait, to go back to Pondekene because I I do it is sort it's of the the cool. vanguard of. Organic and biodynamic yeah. farming in, in Bordeaux yeah. and, and really sort of like really push it. And, and um, you know, that family is invested in Napa mm-hmm. now also yeah. and, and um, really kind of changed the way a lot of people in Bordeaux thought about farming their grapes. Yeah, especially so, in Bordeaux where they actually have mildew pressure. Right, yeah, exactly. Like here we have like none. <laughs> we talk about it a lot though. <laughs> Pays for a lot of tractor time. <laughs> Come on, Sam. It's all right. My dad's not going to listen. <laughs> I'll change the subject. Is this 100%? This is 100%. Yes. And then the next one is not. is a blend from the test. You know, I, 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 I like blends, but it's nice to see something just come out of the field. And this isn't a um, whole cluster, is it? No. It's not. So I, uh, now I am working with a really cool old vine vineyard from Lodi. 
for that is 100% carignan, and I am doing that 50% whole cluster. I tried that in 21, so we'll see how that turns out. It does impart a lot of different taste notes, that's for sure. I think it's going to give it a more complexity. Mm-hmm. It also slows down the fermentation, which is nice. Carignan mm-hmm. has a tendency to get a little reductive, um, so I think it'll add a lot more spice and flavor and and make the fermentation a bit smoother. I can see um, it's interesting. the whole cluster sort of like building out the mid-palate a little mm-hmm. bit. Not to say that this wine is lacking mid-palate, yeah. but um, you can see just sort of like pushing it higher a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, adding, adding a couple adding, more layers. Yeah, and a little structure. Little, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's fun. Okay. okay. Um, Do you want to finish? Sure. Not to Whatever like hurt you, you guys. Yeah. We'll finish up Post and Vine and then we'll go talk about the other the guys. Quintessa. Right. Sound good. Um, yeah, I mean, Quintessa, I guess they could use a little PR. Right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's a name, but they probably could use the help. <laughs> on, a t- on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Right. <laughs> it's mainly so we could give Tata, you know, shout out that if anyone wants to find illumination, you know. Oh, because he's got it over there. there. Oh, cool. <laughs> Man, I drove by yesterday and that place was packed at noon. Sonoma's best. Oh, God. I mean, uh, there were yeah, so, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. so yeah. many cars running around the people. It was crazy. And that's good for Todd. Yeah. Man, he's done such a nice job over there. He really has. Just it was it was nothing by comparison. Thank you, Sam. Well, this was, you know, the first, not to, before we get, this was like the first really big tourist weekend of the year. So, you know, Sunday was a was a dip because everybody was paying attention to some football game or something. Was there um, a football game on? I don't know. It was in Los Angeles, so it probably wasn't real. Um, Did they have football games Dr. in Dre? Los Angeles? Soccer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, that's actually, I, I didn't want, I, I played golf during the, at least the first half of the football game and then went home to a nonstop bluey uh, marathon, which is Althea's show of the moment. Um, so I didn't watch any of the Super Bowl, uh, but I did watch the half halftime show on YouTube later on. It was, it was good. Yeah, no, that was billionaires like, on stage there, man. Uh, Dr. Dre, just Dr. Dre yeah, Dr. Dre. I mean, man. you know, and he looked really good. He looked mm-hmm. like, you know, that was Styling. a celebration of especially West Coast hip hop yeah. that um, on a scale sort of like with an audience that really hadn't ever happened. I mean, you know, I, I put it out on, on Twitter. Uh, Snoop Dogg Doggy Style was I, I was a I got it on cassette. I borrowed it from my cousin and um, it was the first time the only time my parents ever took music away from me because this was like this even their sensibilities were were questioned and pushed by uh the original snoop dogg album but that was like yeah so that's what the whole thing was the whole thing yes i was yeah yeah, i was 10 11 years old you know definitely listening to some words that i and thoughts and concepts that were uh foreign (laughs) to a kid who grew up on the top of a mountain in sonoma i was listening to some comedians yesterday talking about it and they said you know the thing about snoop dogg is that He's 
he's still doing whatever he's doing. Like, it's, right. it's like, like you could say hitting that a blunt on stage in the middle of the Super Bowl yeah. before he got on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like you could say that he's, you know, not a sellout, but he's just he's been accepted. He's mainstream, right? right. Oh, yeah. But yeah. he's mainstream still doing right. what he yeah. wants he's, to do. He's only mainstream so because the stream shifted. Yeah. The, exactly. He didn't move. He the never... river moved. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's selling CBD with Martha. With Martha Stewart. No. Yeah, Stewart. With, with Martha, Martha Stewart. Yeah. yeah, they're friends. Yeah. That's Martha Stewart gets high. There's no doubt about it. Oh, Martha sure. Stewart. Oh, well, Martha Stewart sure. spent. I was gonna say Martha Stewart spent more time in prison than Snoop Dogg did. <laughs> oh God. But how about that? They told Snoop Dogg he wasn't allowed to have a blue bandana because it's like you know, a gang sign, right? Because right. he was a crip and not a blood, but bloods at the red bandanas. So no, he wasn't. Allowed, the NFL said no, you can't have a blue bandana on stage. So instead, his entire outfit. Was a blue bandana. <laughs> He's like, oh, all right, fine. I won't carry a blue bandana. I'll just, I'll just get Be this custom velours sweatsuit, which was so uh, whatever. <laughs> I would, I would wear one if I could pull it off. <laughs> you can. Thank you. I appreciate that. Will you tell my wife? <laughs> It's like Come George out. Costanza, you'd be draped in velvet if, if it was socially acceptable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It's the stains that'd be the problem. Yeah. Like, how do you get well, wine out of? Just make it good burgundy, man. That's exactly. It. Oh, that's what it is. Perfect. I don't represent the bloods of the Crips. I represent the burgundies, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably, I mean, honestly, a m- more powerful. Well, no. Has, has Snoop got into wine yet? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, nineteen, 19, 19, crime. 19 crimes. Okay. That's there is that a, is Constellation make nineteen crimes? Probably. Yeah, it's you know it's uh. Snoop's wine brand, and it's all like, how much? Uh, What's Has anyone tried it? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, 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 um, you know what? That's not true, actually. Somewhere along the way, I did try it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, I think, I think the biggest thing about that was the label, and right, right it it's the, the it's the like alternate uh, reality, uh, uh, not alternate, uh, 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 augmented, augmented, augmented reality augmented. label, alternate reality is what we live in, right? <laughs> right. But we're very on brand, yes. Sam. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the test of vineyard. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On brand. The test of vineyard, right. So Who are this, we and what are we doing here? This is the 2018 Test of Vineyard Old Vine Fill Blend. So Test of Vineyard is the vineyard that started Post and Vine. Um, I was an intern in the cellar at Rudd in 2003, and Rudd had a project called the Edge Hill um, Project where they were doing mixed black varieties and port and they brought in this old wine Kerrigan from Testa Vineyard for the port project. And I'm working on the, the sorting line. And like, like I was like, what is this? Um, and it was just incredible. I'd never seen anything like this. I mean, of course, at that time, I hadn't seen very much at all. Right. <laughs> but I, so I kept in touch with the Martinson family, who's the Testa Martinson family. And... Um, decided to to start my brand in order to help showcase their vineyard okay so so we have to talk about that a little bit so you were an intern at rudd this was after ornelia after i first moved up to napa okay but you still like you knew that early on that you were going to start your own brand no okay no 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 so um, when you say I kept in touch with them yeah I just kept how many in- years was it from that time until you started post nine Ryan? years okay yeah okay. Um, and were you a home winemaker at the time? No. Also? So you just, no, just winemaker. Just, just, just working. Just always kept it, you know, 
have this always so I've always been working in Napa with these beautiful vineyards but in a very elevated refined white right. tablecloth kind right. of way and there's everything nothing, we make I, fun about Napa right. with, I mean I, I love it there's nothing wrong with it but no, there's, there's also a there's also all these vineyards that right. are incredible are old have these stories to tell and until pretty recently we're not getting the right attention right and so i just always wanted to to care about them to feel something for them and so, to share that so when you had when the fruit came across and you had your another aha moment mm -hmm. had you been to the vineyard no no it wasn't until so what was that experience like like Going like, to the vineyard. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you have a concept at that point that it was an old vine vineyard and that it probably felt like some of those? Well, we also for the Edge Hill project we had other old vine vineyards okay. in Napa. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. And they had planted a vineyard called Edge Hill that they just recently sold to Gott. To believe, Joel Gott. To yeah. Joel Gott that they yeah. planted in that field blend right. style. Yeah. So that was young vines of in that old style. Yeah. And so I was working with that, and then the Godward Vineyard, which yeah. is one of the old vineyards in Napa. Okay, okay. Cool. Um, you know, I mean, you know how it is when you walk into these old head trained vineyards, there's just, yeah, there's you hear, you hear the song. Right. Yeah. yeah. When there's, there's a, there's a, uh, what's this? there's a texture to it that you don't get in, you know, the, the vineyards that we farm in Napa and some, you know, Moon Mountain district. And I'm sure Ornelia is like this and Quintessa that, you know, there's a, the intent with growing Cabernet, particularly in the Bordeaux varieties is it's about uniformity. It's about, um, and everything, all the lines are straight. And, they're straight. And, yeah. The trellis, you know, how you have straight lines. Symmetry. And that's what you, and, the, and then you get these clusters mm -hmm. that, you know, come across the sorting table and they all look the same, they're, you know, <laughs> because of, because they've been manicured to mm -hmm. be that way. There isn't, you know, you don't have, you know, in the, the, the playing field of these, you know, caliber of wines, there isn't room for anything to be out of order. Mm -hmm. And, and then you walk into an old vine vineyard and there is it's pure chaos yeah and and you feel that sort of like energy of these plants that's in a, in a different way than you do in a you know those perfect those perfect cabernet lines yeah. right now they're all like all tied out perfectly with the canes mm -hmm. because they just got pruned and somebody came through and you know with a shovel and a hoe and cleared a little area around the mm -hmm. you know around the base of the trunk and it's beautiful but in a totally different way than yeah, walking in an old vine vineyard the trellis is it's constraining to a right. certain point yeah, right. to the vines and yeah. the the head trained are a little bit more like a vine would want to be right, right. i mean if you just left vines to themselves they're not going to make great wine so yeah. we can't well and, and you know also <laughs> walking through take a, down your trees and your fence and your neighbor's house and your chimney and, <laughs> and those would be like interesting stories but swallow your dog stories. and your children and <laughs> i mean just walking through an old vine vineyard compared to walking through a trellis vineyard right. is 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 um more relaxing and more inviting you know you can i mean go in any direction you can go in any direction <laughs> something catches your eye you can go see what yeah. it is as opposed to trying to walk down to the end and back or, so. or like find a place where you can slip under a wire yeah, i don't i don't do i don't <laughs> do well places, getting on my hands those and knees places very are well. fewer and farther between as you get on and you... right. <laughs> it's a lot easier when you're a little kid yeah. Or a dog. <laughs> well, this, uh, so so what's the what's the makeup of this? Particular so this vineyard? is uh, Zinfandel, Petit Syrah, Carignan, and Grenache. Do you know sort of approximate? Um, it's 
a pro- yes. So it's there's sections of the vineyard, and I picked th- that are each of the right. thing. You know, right. of course, there's some mixes, and then I pick from them and together okay. and and so you- together. So it's not a the vineyard itself is not completely mixed. Okay. Yeah. So this part, the vineyard was established in 1912. It's farmed by the same family. Uh, That's pretty amazing. Yeah. They're on yeah. the fifth. Well, now the little sixth generation, but wow. fifth generation. That's cool. Um, and these vines were planted in the 1960s, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So they're still, they plant them in the way that yeah. they always have. Right. Dry farmed. And then, but in 2018, I did not uh, put any Grenache in. So the idea with the field blend is that you get, or the way I pick it is like Zinfandel is always a bit too ripe. I'm waiting for the petite Syrah tannins to be acceptable. Carignan's always perfect. Like it just holds itself perfectly. And then Grenache is barely ripe. And in 2018, it was not, it just wasn't. Yeah, Grenache, it wasn't. Grenache and, ripened in November yeah. in 2018. And the Zinfandel is just going to, and so yeah. we just, I just So you do it. full co-fermentation. Full co-fermentation. Right. Yeah. I think what people don't understand up there is that we always talk about how hot it is up in Mendocino County, you know, not Anderson Valley, but proper inland, Mendocino, yeah, in a, inland, inland but we also don't realize how cold it gets at night. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, we learned that last year. Right. right. Unfortunately, yeah. they got, uh, they got slammed by that frost right. um, and carrying in particularly with its soft wood. So yeah. there's a lot of dieback. It's almost no care again from Mendocino in 2021. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I didn't. It made the prices of care everywhere else rise. Right. <laughs> we'll see what happens right. this year. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Be a, I mean, everybody's on pins and needles. Every grower in California right now is on pins and needles with this weather that we're having, you know, things you know every every picture that Brene posts from Monterosso is another variety that's <gasps> that, that, she had semi on putting out I haven't I haven't looked today look, I actually look, I've look. just stopped I've just don't I had look. to sorry Brene I had to stop <laughs> I had to stop looking because it's, it's, it's my heart like skipped a beat I'm yeah. not I'm not okay no it's it's not it's not okay <laughs> and we all know that you know there's there's frost coming it just it has to come that's right. You know, we need some colder, wetter weather and some dew that turn, you know, it's. Uh, and, and you know, yesterday afternoon, it actually got overcast and it was a little mm-hmm. chilly. Yeah, yesterday and, was winter. Yeah. And then the wind blew last night like crazy at our house. Yep. Um, and now it's, today, now it's, it's summer again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I really like this wine. It's um it's got really nice uh, mouthfeel and mm-hmm. richness and. Um, and acid like makes it stand up tall and sit up straight in your um, in your chair. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. And Smart. how much is this? This one is thirty-two. Totally yes. drinkable, but also, I, you know, it'd be cool to see this with ten years of mm-hmm. bottle age on it. And see, yeah, it know. ages really well. Yeah. I should have brought an older bottle, but that's okay. You didn't know if you were gonna like us that much. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, I really want to share with them. <laughs> So. I did bring something secret okay. to share with you. <laughs> okay. Is that the one? I saw that you did. It's a, there's a six. Pa- oh, oh. <laughs> oh <is that laughs> right. Um, Not it's for a, tonight. It's Tuesday. It, this is grappa. It's. I was going to say oh. it's a clear bottle with a clear liquid and a no label. Yeah. 
A real China. <laughs> Not for Tuesday. Bart yeah. is quiet. Yeah, all of a sudden <laughs> I'm like... It'll be Tuesday afternoon soon, <laughs> right? Um, so, Rebecca, your wines are available on your website. Of course, right. you don't have a tasting room. No, I do. Um, it, how do you how do you uh, sell the wines? I mean, do you always have stock? Do you um, uh, do one release a year? Or do you have a wine club? I do. Can you tell us all two about releases that? a year. Okay. So, a fall release of the red, and a, I'm a, just working this morning on my release letter for the rosé. Okay. Um, and I do not have a wine club okay. um, because that felt like that's a lot more administrative work for me. So uh, what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Because you have a full-time job on top of this. Right. <laughs> you know, my background is, and this is, I'm a winemaker and I made right. these wines because I want to make the wines. Right. And then I realized, oh my God, I have to also sell them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Turns yeah. out they're actually <laughs> easier to, easier to make than they are to sell, <laughs> and winemaking isn't easy. So, yes. oh wait, and um, there'll be more coming again next year. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Do it all over again. Yeah. So some retail shops. Okay. Um, I do need to get more out. I don't think I have any in Sonoma. Oh, yeah. Um, no, and do you work with distributors? Or is it I all, work with distributors in New York and New Jersey and Pennsylvania and Tennessee. Okay. All right, so it's out there for out some there. of our Tennessee. listeners. I yeah. No, why? Ain't no place I'd rather Memphis? be. <laughs> well, baby, won't you carry me? Because they called me and I liked them a lot. Good. They were nice. So they've got so a market. I, they've got a yeah. Excellent. They've got a market, and I want to go visit. Right. Yeah. Is this all Memphis? Right? Um, mm-hmm. it's Memphis. It's also um like Nashville. Chattanooga, Nashville. Yeah. College towns and music towns, right? Yep. Yeah. So I want and, I want to go visit. Don't yeah. you choose distribution that way? Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, it's not to make money. I'll tell you what. <laughs> go have fun. Right. right. Sell your wine where you want to go on vacation. Where you want to go? Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Write offs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, nobody from the IRS is listening. The nice thing about write offs is, is that you can. The bad thing is you have to have right. something to offset. Well, you yeah. know, you are at. The Sea Ranch Lodge restaurant. I, 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 yes, you. I, that's a. I think you need to go to Sea Ranch. I do need to go to Sea Ranch. I need to. I, I bought a bottle there. Thank you. I don't know how, how it got there, how it happened, <laughs> but somebody emailed me one day from, and it wasn't even like it was like a Gmail account. He's like, I'm I'm buying wine for the Sea Ranch Lodge. Can you bring us three cases of your Sonoma Valley Zinfandel? And I was like, Well, okay. <laughs> Who, how, where? No, don't ask questions. Just send the wine. Uh, and and then they paid their bill. So I sent them more wine. <laughs> and as long as that arrangement keeps going, I'll keep it up. But yeah, I, I grew up in Sonoma. My whole, I've never actually been to Sea Ranch. So. Great golf course, Sam. Uh, okay. Great hiking. Great, great hiking. hanging out. Yeah, good beaches. Yeah. And I a, go up a lot. And a well run wine list at the lodge and a, yeah yeah and, a beautiful and, and, restaurant yeah they redid yeah. the lodge the restaurant is, and there's a is great really grocery good. store in gualala yep. so if you surf market um, yeah, so i yeah. can get two accounts out there yeah there yeah go. i don't know how you get into surf market i don't either but i just wait for them to email me right isn't that, <laughs> isn't that how you're supposed to do this wow sam <laughs> all your secrets really right. expose them all highly effective <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> And then eventually you actually respond to the email and then it really works. That's the being on brand part. Or or you just find a Jasmine to respond to the email for you. 
Well, uh, the, these wines see, are all delicious. I could see, you know, Tennessee barbecue uh, being, right. yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. me that all three rub. of the wines. Are you oh. kidding me? Yeah. 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 yeah I want to make drinkable wines. Yeah. Well, you've done that. Yeah. They're fun. Wow. I also, I do love the typeset you used for Post and Vine. Like just the just the the typewriter. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Serif <laughs> font. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I, somebody helped with that. To be honest, I like yeah. I have opinions. I just can't start from scratch. Yeah, you find sm- smart people to do who do design you, stuff, and then you say like, done. I like that. I don't yeah. like that. Right. I don't know why. There are people <laughs> who do it as well as you make wine. That, you know. I'm so impressed with people who have that kind of artistic talent and like interior design and label design and can just right. come up with it from from nowhere and you it's... have there are so many out there and you have to just trust them um i had an ad agency in new york and chicago and it was you know you just you hire people and you let them roll mm-hmm. just go, go nuts mm-hmm. have a great time man and then you just sit back and pick I didn't do this, but I'll take credit for it. (laughs) Well, yeah, that I do that. You know, at Quintessa, we have events and parties and stuff, and it's all you. Yeah, sure, it's all me. No, I. But it seems like you know, I I come out, I take the microphone. Thank you so much for coming. People, oh, such a wonderful, you know, like as if I did all of the. Right. Like just, I just showed like up I where did. somebody told me to show up. Right. Wave your hands over everything. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. These are my flower decorations. Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> exactly. yes. I'm responsible so. for the weather. Those petunias, my idea. <laughs> Can't take credit for the peonies, though. <laughs> Apparently, I can only think of flowers to start with P. That's all right, Sam. You're not here for your horticultural background. Actually, he might oh, wait be. a minute. Maybe you are. <laughs> now that you mention it. All right. So, um, Rebecca also has a full-time job. And uh, tell us a little about Quintessa. Yes. So, Quintessa is an estate in Rutherford, which is the heart of Napa Valley, the other valley. Um, We've heard of it. Quintessa is a um, incredible place. So Quintessa, the wine, our red wine, is named after the estate, and it's an estate red, an expression of the diversity of this property, the character of it. And its partner is Illumination, which is a Sauvignon Blanc, Sauvignon Musquet, Semillon blend. So those are the two wines. Two wines. Two wines we make, yeah. One red, one white. And and the white is a fairly new addition, right? So the white actually started in 2006. Okay. It was a very small production only at the winery um, offering up until, I want to say 2012, but I might be wrong about that. So now we're fully into distribution. So Quintessa is owned by the Huneas family, founded by Augustine and Valeria Huneas. Um, and so it's part of a larger group, the Huneus Vintners. It's the founding winery in the group. It's the home of Augustine and Valeria. Um, it's the kind of crown jewel in this um, project. And it's the culmination of their lifetime working in wine. So everything that they had learned since the 1960s when they began working in the wine industry about what makes a great wine estate, what makes a great wine vision has been put into Quintessa. 
And and for those listeners who might say that you recognize the name and don't know where it is, if you've driven up Silverado Trail, it's a pretty iconic place as you drive by. It's a, a wall of white stone is what you kind of see, which is the entrance to the caves, right? The entrance to the winery. To so the winery. The, when Valeria found the property um, in the late 1980s, it had never been planted before. So right. it was this... It had never been farmed, really farmed before. It had been like a party place of this restaurateur from San Francisco in the 1950s and 60s. And then he passed away and his children inherited and could never figure out what they could never agree. Do we know who that is? George Mardikian. Okay. So he had a restaurant in San Francisco called Omar Khayyam. Okay. Um, and he worked with, I think, the U.S. government in the um, food or the army with their food for the army oh, in like World War II. He was an, Ar an Armenian yeah. immigrant and they had crazy parties there from what I understand. Like I have a picture of a young Elvis, like Korean War era Elvis on the property. Really? Wow. Yeah. No. He gave wow. a private concert. Um, and then it just kind of, it languished. The, the children couldn't agree on what to do and everyone tried to buy it it wasn't a secret you right. know 280 acres in rutherford unplanted uh, untouched <laughs> untouched yeah. um but valeria convinced them that she would be a good steward of the land so the augustine and valeria were able to purchase it and she designed the vineyard and also insisted from the very beginning that uh no synthetic chemicals would ever be used so it's been organic well, since heck. planting uh we are certified organic and no trees were cut down as well so wow, really the and native she has oak a beautiful woodland. name and she's a valeria. beautiful person um valeria yeah bart has a yes I'm trying to right. this, this is not about me did you okay. did you name it after her <laughs> i you know um just no, say yes um, yeah uh, <laughs> that's a, it's your family no, name right well so it's um so valeria <laughs> is um bottled in memory of terry's godmother uh, valerie who was spent a lot of time in mexico so when she was in mexico she was known as valeria so um, she passed away young, so we we named it in, in name of her. Here, John, you have another glass. Yeah, right glass. Okay, thanks. Um, so uh, now I forgot where I was going with this. With oh, and you know the thing I remember about um, when they started building the winery is that it, you drove by and you went, "What could they possibly be doing there?" Like I know, right? because it wasn't like someone built a building. Um, it, it was it was it was just. It was different construction than what we were used to at the time, you know, yeah. um, built into the side of the hill. So, there. and they, it was an extension of this whole founding vision. Right. So that it'd be a great wine estate. What does that entail? And respect for the land. The land. Yeah. So, you know, organic, no trees cut down. And that um, was true for the building of the winery. So it is this huge rock wall, curved rock wall with these white stones and it mimics the curvature of the hillside above it okay. and the winery was built into the hillside so that they don't have to cut down trees right. to and develop right. um, the land they had thought about building a winery on the top of the hill right that was one of the options mm. um, but they inside said decided to put it inside and above so it's a gravity feed the roof of that of the winery is the crush pad right and that's where the hospitality center is as well Developing cool place, a property man. like that without cutting down a tree. Uh, I mean, and to be honest, there's maybe a couple trees that, in the middle of some blocks that, that probably I should could, have been taken out. Yeah. Right. 
Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know how that is. <laughs> yes. And, and you know, the owners said, no, we love that tree. And you yeah. Go, All right, well, yeah, no, every time we'll you need to cut We'll just driving tractors right. close to it until yeah. you don't love that tree anymore <laughs> or the tree doesn't love you. Well, yeah. and then. <laughs> and then a couple trees fell down recently. Yeah. So you're like, uh-oh. Oh, shucks. <laughs> we'll make a really nice bench at but the hospitality yeah. center in honor of that tree. No, but it's important that we have the native oak woodlands. The, there's 160 acres of vines planted, but the property's 280 acres. So there's this 20-acre lake in the center where that island is. And then there's the native oak woodlands. And, you know, I think at the time, I, I, I'm not exactly sure what Valeria was thinking. Maybe that just that they're beautiful or that she has this connection to the trees. But now we know that most of the home of native yeast of terroir is, and if you study where yeast is found in the soils, it's most likely to be under oak trees. <laughs> so that's the home that is these wow. native oak woodlands, this native uh, flora is part of your terroir, is part mm. of the flavor of, yeah. of the wine. Well, and you know, I mean, like in Chatneuf, they talk about the Greek, right? right? Am I yeah. saying that correctly? Is that how you say that? <laughs> Close um, enough. Yeah. But I mean, that, that, that is, and, and, you know, I mean, what grows around it? We talk about Rossi. We talk about what grows around it because in some aspects, there are vineyards in both Sonoma, Napa, all through California, that it's a true monoculture, you know? And, um, and that's been to the demise of vineyards, right? The monoculture, when you cut down the blackberry bushes and right. the stuff well, that lives in the so blackberry bushes. Right. Two years. Um, I mean, that's very typical of Napa right. Valley, and you can see it. So Quintessa's technically valley floor because we're on the west side of Silverado Trail, but it has these there's ridges. There's no flat areas. There's, there's hardly any flat areas. And when you're standing on the top, you can see the rest of Napa Valley, and you can see these this uniform. And as a vineyard manager, as a grower, as a wine grower, as a winemaker, uniformity is desirable. It right. makes it easy. But maybe it doesn't make for the most complex wines you know the 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 famous one of the many famous phil Kateri quotes that'll be on a t-shirt one day soon coming into a cafe press near you um <laughs> is that you know he describes the job of the wine grower as you know trying to create uniformity out of chaos which mm -hmm. is impossible but it, you know as a as a goal um but when you know the it is a monoculture and the monotony of, you know, a thousand acres of contiguous vineyard, which is, you know, when you think of the valley floor of Napa, kind of a, a lot of what you get. Mm -hmm. um, it actually sort of works against the idea of the uniformity of the fruit because you, you have no natural defenses in of bi that biodiversity brings right. to, you know, if there's, n you know, nowhere for the good bugs to live, they're not going to be any good bugs to eat the bad bugs. Right. And you end up with, you Where know, are your birds. Or, right, yeah. yeah, exactly. If you don't, if you didn't get your bluebird boxes out by Valentine's <laughs> day, um, you know, I'm going to make a calendar reminder. You should totally <laughs> get the bluebird boxes out. I have no idea if there's any science behind that. Don't, <laughs> but at least, you know, it sounds pretty. Yeah. It's uh, never stopped, you know, right. Truth is nothing more than a series of agreed upon lies. Right. Exactly. <laughs> It's another T-shirt. Totally yeah. <laughs> describes the wine business in, in, in its entirety. Uh, but there is, you know, there is. It, it makes at the end of the day, 
it makes for more difficult winemaking. And, and you don't have any separation from your neighbors. You don't right, have right. this. No, you know, I think more and more. I, so a lot of where I've worked has been, you know, double sorting, optical sorting, like very, very meticulous winemaking. And of course, I want us to farm for uniformity. I want good shoot length. I want to be able to right. make, it's impossible to make a harvest decision when you have no uniformity right. within the vine. But I don't know if you get, if all you have going into the tank is just perfect little blueberries, well, I don't man, know if are we're you getting s- all the flavor. Are you saying that that you're not optical sorting? Oh, I'm optical quintess? sorting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not sorting after the optical sorter. I actually think optical sorting gives me a little bit more fine tuning because I can turn it up or down. Right, right. Yeah. 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 But I'm not fetishizing the perfection of what's right. coming out of the right. other side. Right. Yeah. No, I, and I totally appreciate that. You know. <laughs> oh no, I. But just I'm, for the I'm, shit oh, of it, do you run your canyon through the optical sorter because oh you no. can? No, okay. no, no. <laughs> oh my god! That would just just to see how good those machines really are. Right. <laughs> oh my god! Exactly. The and, machine and would the be like, no. is, is, Right? Did you get more assorted uh, fruit or yeah, exactly. good fruits? <laughs> <laughs> where, where do you draw the line? Can you, can you imagine? Well, I mean, there's something to be said about that. I, I've I have honestly only seen optical sorting. I've never worked with it. Um, but I remember at uh, at Benziger when they got one, there was this thing like, should we really be getting rid of all of this? Because they did so much sorting in the vineyard. Mm-hmm. Right. And technically everything came in was beautiful. Yeah. Um, you know. Well, well, this is, so I brought the 2018 Quintessa. This is the 2019 illumination that I just poured. Mm-hmm. In 2018, conditions were so perfect. I basically turned off the optical sorter. Right. But I didn't turn it off. I do weigh everything that comes out. Right. And it was less than two tenths of a percent. Right. Whereas, like, for instance, 2017, where we had that 10-day heat wave, right. so there was a lot of damage, it was like 2.5% right. yeah. being sorted right. out. I mean, there's no doubt that the machines yeah. are very effective. and You um, need them for the bad years. Yes, you do. Right, yeah. Right. So, and, so I noticed there's a six-letter word on the back label of the... Um, six letters. Yeah, Sonoma. Oh, yeah. This is a... Cro- so, illumination is not a state. It, the core of illumination right? is from yeah, the estate. Yeah, yes. Is that, I was like, oh, I was counting right. Yeah, this is a Napa Sonoma cross Appalachian. I know. <gasps> North Coast. That's like Trichard. Aren't they half Napa, half Sonoma also? Uh, are they? I know Pride no, is. Pride is. Pride's. Oh, no. They're, yeah, they're, they're like right on the. Yeah, Pride actually has vineyards on each side. I think they bottle. They the have property. to bottle on either side. Yeah, Pride has like a line that goes through the, like, through the crush pad yeah. and through the winery that That's like cool. some stuff has, can't cross the line. Otherwise, you know, the I'm TTB sh- will come and right. <laughs> shut sh- you down. I'm- I'm so, sure that's yeah. really right. difficult for the seller crew. Oh God! Can you <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sure that's <laughs> highly adhered on. to. <laughs> yeah. um, so where is the Sonoma County Vineyard? It's in Bennett that Valley. Obviously, just makes the wine even that right. much more. That's, al- that's where it the does. Voluminous. It, is. it does. It does. It's um, uh, Bennett Valley. Bennett Valley. Okay. Yeah, which I think is the greatest place for Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. It's a beautiful the, spot. Isn't it, it is a beautiful spot. It gets all that fog yep. and maintains the freshness. Because, yep. I mean, I'm not knocking any wines, but typical Napa Sauvignon Blanc is a bit on the tropical side. It's a bit ripe and right. more yellow than right. white um, in the fruit. Right. 
And illumination, it's it's got to be the partner. It's got to be able to stand next to Quintessa. And that's asking a lot of, of wine. So Sauvignon Blanc, Sauvignon Musquet, Semillon, different vineyards, and then different fermentation vessels, all trying to build complexity so that it it has that character. I mean, it's, it, I've had this, I've had a number of bottles of this and I, I love this wine. I like the freshness of the Sauvignon Blanc and the, the, to me, it's the Semillon. I have no idea what the percentage is, but it just gives it that complexity that makes and, you kind of question like, well, what is this that we're drinking? Mm -hmm. um, and the richness. And and Sauvignon Musquet is this, um, yeah. is it is it technically a different variety than so Sauvignon Blanc? Because I, I know we have some Musquet. Yeah. And so it is technically not right that's what I we didn't know that okay. until i think there was a, there was always an argument this is before our time right. i think in the early 1990s they did dna analysis and decided that sauvignon musquet is sauvignon blanc right so we call it sauvignon blanc musquet and it's right. now either a selection and there is a clonal okay um, you can right. buy clones of it but it's Different. It's, it's different. definitely it, it, different. It, yeah, and it and looks slightly different on the vine, and it, it the berries themselves taste different. They taste very different. And yeah, it, and it is this sort of like muskiness. It's terpenic. Terpenic. Mm. See, those are those words that they didn't teach us in Sonoma High. Or 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 yeah, certainly not Petaluma. High. Right. right. I think so it's more of the emphasis on the high. Yeah. Or 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 we didn't really get into terpenes until later in our life. I don't think the terpenes are this bag of okay. Uh, terpenic. Terpenic. Spell it, Bart. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'm gonna try. T e r p e n i c. All right. Fine. Nicely done. And, and, it's the one thing I know how to do. The, 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 the Muscade clone can be overly overpowering, too. Like, it aromatically, yeah. right? So Sauvignon Blanc is giving us the citrus, you know, grapefruit pith, the bright acidity, that linearity. Sauvignon Muscade is floral. So right. honeysuckle, white flowers. You know, depending on the year, we're white peach or yellow peach, little guava, mm. and then Semillon is body. Well, I thought Viognier had a big, big Viognier nose. Big... This does. I mean, you opened it, you poured it. I could smell it across the table. It's beautiful. Wow. I love this wine. I, I drink like a lot of Illumination, to be very honest. <laughs> Isn't it the, <laughs> the funny thing about the wine, like inside the wine industry, how much more, I, I know I'm like this, how much more white wine and rosé is consumed than red wine, even though mostly what we do is we make red wine. And yeah. certainly, you know, what pays the bills is red wine. Uh, and at the end of the day, you're like, oh, I tasted. Bill Katuri side in. Bill Katuri, you, could, you can know him by the squeak of his brakes. Um, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, you tasted 17 Cabernet samples and five barrels and blah, 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 blah. 17 blah. nothing. Right. Try like 100. And then you want to go home and you're like, well, I'm going to drink. Bottle of white wine. High acid white wine. Yeah. Or gin and tonic. Or gin and tonic. Or yeah. both. Yeah. <laughs> don't, take, don't pick sides here, right? Well, well done. Well done. Thank you. And is yeah. this, um, how many cases of this do you make a year? So it varies a bit. Um, in 2019, I think we made about 5,000 cases. Okay. 2020 is quite small. Right. Um, Are so there you can find it to out. add another varietal or another wine in the lineup? 
You only do well, two. I don't think we've ever had anybody who just had I know. two. I would like to because, here, let me start for you guys, Contessa, because I believe that there is a room for a second label or a second wine from Quintessa. You say that, um, (laughs) you say that because, um, it, 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 well, you could save John because stylistically you would like to make a different wine from Quintessa. So Quintessa is an estate in that traditional, the classic Chateau model, Bordeaux, where you have all of the grapes being grown on property by your own team made on property and you make one one wine, one top wine, then there's always going to be a selection. So you have a little bit of replanting. Young vines can make wine that are capable of becoming part of Quintessa, but it's not likely. They don't have the complexity, the age, um, but they have something really good. So there's always this kind of middle band that is not quite Quintessa, but is also really good. Um, and so right now we have, you know, in the company, it becomes part of the uh, larger Faust Napa Valley blend. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. I forgot this that is that's really part nice. of. Uh, yeah. Which is a, it's a, Faust is a fun wine too. Right. But it's a, it's a Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon where I think that there, that, that we could have a different expression of Quintessa. So before we get into this wine too much, could you touch base a little bit on the other Hanais labels? Um, there's Faust. There's Faust, yep. There's... Um, Which is Napa Valley. Right. Then there is Flowers. Flowers, yes. Sonoma Coast. Right. Um, and there uh, winery and hospitality centers in Healdsburg. Right. And then there is Benton Lane in Oregon. Oh, okay. And Leviathan. That one I Which is a know. partnership with Andy Erickson. It's a California. Oh. Wait, is it a California? It's a California kind of uh, unconventional blend. God, Andy Erickson is just into everything, man. Yeah. Got to get him on here. Talk about when he used to sell barrels. That's right. <laughs> um, Andy, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. So, all right, let's talk about more about Quintessa. Sorry, yes. Sam, go ahead. Uh, I could, we could get Andy. Yeah. We'll get yeah. Andy. Yeah. So Quintessa, as I said, is the estate farmed organically since inception, biodynamic as well since 1996, started introducing biodynamic principles, and now we're fully biodynamic um, to meter certified, which we're really proud of. Is it on the label? No. I thought you couldn't put it on the label. You can put um, Demeter. You can put Demeter certified. You can put Demeter certified. On, on the label? Yeah. Oh. On the back. Well, yeah, on the label. We had it on. Yeah. We had okay. it on. Um, even if even if you use sulfur, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 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 I use. I do use sulfur. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can't, like, come on. <laughs> you can't make the yeah. No. <laughs> right. We've we, we don't You're, need to go. This there. is a we safe space for yeah. for, for, for SO two editions. And this is a red blend. Cabernet Sauvignon Dominant, Cabernet Franc, Merlot, Petit Verdot, and Carmenere. So the family is Chilean. That was the original reason for this bit of Carmenere being planted. And it turns out it does really well. So we have a second block of Carmenere. And I'd like to plant. And now we're planting two more as well. 
And then you're going to just one day bottle 100% Carmenere and not tell anybody and be like, hey, it's really good. We should probably put a Quintessa label on this and sell it. So right? I did is that a, your secret plan a, or is that my secret plan that I just gave you? That's your secret plan that and, I just and, gave and you. That would be that? really interesting. I did it for Premier Napa Valley last year, mm. which is like the, yeah, the bake sale of Napa yeah. Valley vendors. Um. <laughs> Hopefully somebody at the Napa vendors is not listening to that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, it's, it's like totally a, like yeah. go and it's buy like some muffins. <laughs> put a muffin on the table. I brought some Carmenere. And an so it did. Eighteen liter of <laughs> the big sale of Napa Valley. Still hard to get into. But <laughs> Again, right. I, I've not been. Oh, I'm sure I can get. It's at the I've, end of this month. If yeah, you no, go. I, I've went to, I went to premiere. Uh, I went to premiere once, and it was. Yeah, it's one of these, you know, you like sit in there tasting barrel samples and all of a sudden you like somebody bumps your shoulder and you look over and it's Steven Spurrier. And then, you know, uh, on the cr across the table was uh, what's her name? The the wine folly. And you're like, oh, this is, you know, this is big time. this is the fanciest bake sale I've ever been to. Oh, you guys are big time. Yeah, and I, 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 I just I. The play, guy that I play, just drove by, he's the big guy. I play small town on a, pod, on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it is, you know, I don't care how big time you think you are when you are standing next to Steven Spurrier and you go, oh, and he goes, oh yeah, this wine's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like, Write that okay. down. Pretty good. <laughs> Write that so down. what is, um, I'm going to say it wrong. Carbonier? Carbonier. 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 Carmenere. It's the what lost it like? six Bordeaux variety. Yeah. So it is, I mean, I can only speak to it growing at Quintessa. Of course. Um, it is medium tannin, has plushness like Merlot. It has high pH and has a, so the fruit will be cherry, like kind of red cherry, but it's more about the savory notes. So have you ever been to a, a tobacco barn? Like the smell of fresh tobacco. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's when it's good, that's what it is. When it is underripe, it is jalapeno peppers. Like, so it's good vegetal. Right. Like in in Quintessa and where we have it planted, it really likes a lot, it needs a long season. It's the first to start, the last to be harvested. Needs that long season. And that vegetal characteristic becomes this beautiful herbal, dried, you know, out of resinous, right. interesting note. On um, the occasional years where it hasn't made it to full ripeness, say like 2011, it is pretty green veggie. So uh, yeah. 2018, when did you pick the common year? You know, I have to look it back, but it's generally the last thing I pick. Right. Um, yeah. Because we were picking, we were picking Grenache last. on election day. In Sonoma Valley in 2018. No, I picked before that. Okay. Yeah. I, Quintessa is a warmer site, and I am an, I'm not a crazy early picker. Like, I'm not dogmatically early, but I'm, I'm going, I like freshness. Right. I think there's freshness in these wines. The right. Quintessa states about three quarters of it is volcanic soils, not alluvial soils. And so there's an electricity and this fine grain chalkiness. Like, so those white soils, the ash right. that you get on Moon Mountain. Right. We have about, a third of our property, the whole eastern side, is a massive landslide off the Vaca mountain range. Right, so cool. we have those white ash soils, but we're not high elevation. Hmm. You should come by. 
We should taste some barrels. Okay. Yeah. That's fascinating. That yeah. you're, you're planting on a big uh, avalanche area. Yeah. So is this, that's why the hills exist at Quintessa. They're called tow hills. So there was this massive landslide off hmm. of the Baca range. And actually, if you get onto the top of the top hill and you look towards it and you use your imagination, you can see where it came off of. Or if you look at the LIDAR data. Right. You can see it. That's um, pretty cool. You can see like what must have happened. But that landslide was so massive that the earth behind it acted like water and rippled up. And that's the two other hills <laughs> are the ripple up. It's so they're like, more it's, it's they're more uh, mixed soils. Right. I, I mean, that's really interesting. We've had this you know conversation about the. The, the in Sonoma we have the what do we call them the the moguls of Glen Ellen right mm -hmm. um, and and someone a, a listener um, who's in the business talked about in Napa there's areas like that also um, but this is actually like where the land came down like where the top of the mountain ended up after yeah the a, side a, like right as opposed to actually things pushing up or settling and yeah and being moved by you know water but that's these things it's, it's fascinating our geology and our terroir up here I, is so interesting yeah. so it changes so fast i think that's why it's been really hard for us to to talk about it yeah and certainly napa valley made its name talking about style right well you spend some like... time in pits you know i mean yes. if you follow Rebecca on Instagram, um, they spend, her and Rodrigo spend some time, we or at least do. have, uh, down in the pits. And I know when I first met um, Rodrigo, he, you know, like when he came in, he moved into his office, he had a, a, a rock um, hammer and, mm -hmm. you know, was part of what he came with. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So we had done at Quintessa, um, you know, uh, prior to Rodrigo Soto. So he's our state uh, director, um, arrival from Chile. We had done like the typical soil work that, that everyone does in Napa Valley where you do a soil study when you're replanting right. to kind of figure out, oh, what, kind, what should I plant? How, what rootstock? What kind of amendments do I make? And, and you, how much you, potassium do I need yes, to add? Right. Like that kind of very like transactional right. understanding. And we had also done some more big picture work. Um, like when th there was that book, The Winemaker's Dance. Right. Yeah, that yeah. came through. It, it's, it's a good book, but it's a little hard to read. Um, I don't know if you tried it, but I have a copy. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Right? <laughs> I look like, at I'm it sometimes. Get, yeah. Right. Makes me look smart do to have, have that on the show. Do they have that on tape? <laughs> <laughs> that would be so good. Um, but now we want to like understand more deeply. Quintessa is an unusual site and a very difficult site too, because of the diversity, because of these volcanic soils and how quickly they change. It's not that typical uniform Napa Valley vineyard. And we also don't want to be replanting. We want to maintain the original vines that still exist. So we have done some replanting, but we still have about, you know, oh God, I should know this in, off the top of my head, but say 50% of these patrimonial blocks that were planted in 1990. And we want to keep them going because everyone here just keeps on replanting. Right. Like I was taught that you have to replant every 25 years. Like, Why? It was well, probably a grape grower was, that told you that. There was, a, there was a nursery and there was some trellis sales guys. And, uh, right. I mean, that's so part of being able to, to get these vines to be old, like the post vine vines, is to understand right. the soils that they live in. Right. So we've started doing work with Pedro Para, 
who's from Chile, who's so cool. And also getting even bringing it back farther. So Pedro Parra is a terroirist. He's got a PhD in terroir. So that's the soil guy. A terroirist. A terroirist. Is he yeah. on the terroirist watch? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Watch list. Watch list. That's good, Sam. I, I, That's th- good. I appreciate where you were going. Yeah. yeah. I, I stopped myself that before I got too get. far. <laughs> and then working with Brenna Quigley, who's a geologist, right. to understand the f- why oh, yeah. these soils, like what's that parent material? What's How the are food they source? changing? You keep saying that they change quite rapidly. Okay. So in, say, I, I don't, I'm not as familiar with Sonoma, but say in now, because we have young volcanic. So the volcanic activity in this region was very active and very short-lived as that triple junction of the um, two tectonic plates and the fault unzippering is called a triple junction. And I think it exists only here. And it's moving north at a, and get this is geologically speaking, fast rate. It's now, I think it's up to Oregon. But either way, as it goes by, you'll have to get Brennan quickly on to like really get this right. Um, as it comes by, you have a period of intense volcanic activity. That's why we have volcanic ash flows. So the Vaca Mountain Range, the Mayakamas Mountain Range, they're volcanic, but not active. So they pushed up really fast. And you also had those ash flows. And on the Vaca, the ash flow came pretty uniformly uh, west. Um, I think on the Mayakamas, it's a little more yeah, mixed. My, yeah. um, so the Vaca Mountain Range is uniformly volcanic ash, rhyolitic ash on the western um, face. So you had young volcanics moving very quickly, and then you also had the action of water, so the alluvial fan. So as you go through Napa, which is only 30 miles north to south, you have something like half the soil series in the world can be found there yeah. something like that yeah you know so it's yeah. like bordeaux i think even burgundy i'm not an expert on burgundy are more simple right. to understand bordeaux is about gravel clay yeah. limestone here it's like what are you like you walk 20 yards and you're in a different completely different soils and you as a grower you understand it because you're like these Wait, vines you... act and taste differently you, i mean you see it just walking in the vineyard and we talk about this a lot with the the rossi ranch where uh you know on one there's a little you know winter creek and we have what blocks on one side of it and blocks on the other side of it and you cross the creek and you go from red volcanic soil to the right you know the ashy volcanic soil and it's just you know one's like is that one's probably andesite and right. the vines are going to react totally and, different. Yeah. And it, like, you know, react, they taste different. Taste yeah. different. Yeah. You have to understand that. Right. Uh, Bordeaux and all that gravel. It's just, it's, I mean, it's like things are planted right next to the ocean virtually. I mean, what that like peninsula right is only yeah. what, 20 miles wide? Yeah. If that. They're so close to the water. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering when that's going to just vanish. They don't have any control. Um, oh you know i mean it's you mean like the, when the ocean yeah went. yeah absolutely oh gosh i think that but by the time flat. that happens yeah they won't be, be able to grow cabernet there anymore anyway right i mean that's kind of the direction i think mm-hmm. it, before that happens the varieties and they're doing it already in bordeaux mm-hmm. you know bring in things that you know, and, and people are talking about it in napa a lot too yeah. is like kind of like i mean i think those are interesting people are talking a lot right 
They're talking a lot. This is one I mean, of those ones where you, you needed but this to be a video podcast a to they're capture talking, that face. They're talking a lot about yeah. a two-acre experimental. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's very interesting, but I don't think that that, that can't be the solution right. to climate change. I mean, I, the solution is the old vines. Right. It's pruning, is maintaining, is or allowing vines to be resilient. Right. You know, how did you get through 2017? It was really 2017 was difficult in Napa. We had 25 days over 100 degrees. Wow. Yeah. We had Holy a 10 cow. day stretch, a heat wave of like zero humidity, at, and it, you couldn't pick. It was too yeah. early. Right. What impact did that have on your grapes? So that taught me the importance of the old vines. The the resilience of them the reserves the right. young vines at quintessa man they got they <laughs> excuse me they got slapped like they got smashed and the old vines the, the vines shut down it took about a week after that heat wave for them to wake back up again and then they continued to ripen right. the young vines never mm. never got back and it was just like well i just have to pick them at the end um and so we had a small vintage and it was mostly old vine fruit. So is it, it got me thinking about the importance of old vines, not just from the, like, obviously I have a romantic love of them, and, but what, what really is important about them. And I think it's the, the root structure, the reserves that they have in the wood. So it's important to have wood, right. at least in like in the Contessa sense, like, yeah. should we be cordon? Right. Should we have bigger structures? Well, Sam, you've got you've got a, an old vine in the front of the house, and I don't know how big around it is, but it's one of the biggest vines I've seen. It's beautiful. You start on the in a pot on yeah, the front porch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. That's from the Rossi Ranch. <laughs> um, the other thing about what seventeen and and to extent twenty. Um, is it doesn't matter the age of the vine if the soil is not healthy. Yes. You have to have organic matter in the soil. Mm -hmm. You have to have microbiome, a healthy microbiome. You have to have, you know, carbon content mm -hmm. that holds on to moisture. Um, that, you know, if you are, you know, if you've sprayed Roundup on your vine row, oh my God, you know, I see so much of that right now. What? It's, what? Is so, I mean, that's the thing about this time of year. Uh, and, uh, you know, everybody sort of talk about fetishizing and romanticizing the the mustard blooming in the vines. And, well, who, and then death underneath. Who fucking right. cares if, yeah, <laughs> if you just like, there's nothing growing under the vine. Well, uh, and, 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 and this year, places where, it was already dead under the vine. People seemed to go and spray just because it was time because to spray. Because it's time again. to spray. Yeah, totally. it's time to spray. And yeah, so the, now you're seeing new death. And it's like, you know, you could have just run the disc through and put mm -hmm. it back into the soil because yeah. it was nothing was going to grow under the vine anyway. But yeah, yeah just keep fucking yeah. killing it. But this so is. You're saying there's a tremendous amount being used right now, today. Oh, you, I mean, every. I'm driving over here, saw a bunch of vineyards complete. This I mean, is that, just, that was yeah. not mechanical. No, this is the time. Well, this is the time of year that you can see it more yeah. than you know. If you if if a uh, vineyard has been disked or spaded or incorporated later on in the season, it's not as obvious. Um, but this time of year, if you're driving through vineyard lands of and yeah, anywhere in the world, but you know around here where 
especially because of the early rain that we had, there's a lot of, you know, cover crop growth is strength, uh, growth is strong and, and, um, you know, things germinated early and, you know, had good rain and then good sun. Um, so it almost stands out even more where those, those rows of death and, and you talk about having to plant every, replant every 25 years. Well, you're taking this herbicide and we've talked about this before on the show, but it's worth repeating. You're taking an herbicide and you're split, which it, you know, literally I didn't go to um, any fancy colleges, but I know that herbicide is Latin for plant death. Um, and you are, you, what you do is grow plants for a living. <laughs> and then you're like, wow, these plants died. I guess we got to replant them again. You're like, huh? I wonder why that happened. Yeah. Maybe because we splayed, sprayed plants plant death on them and now we're like oh wow yeah i guess we've got to replant 25 years later but sam it only works on the on the green tissue sam. oh right sure mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i understand the marketing argument yeah. uh, truth is agreed upon lies right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be interesting to see because we're in a very difficult period right now um 20 yeah i mean right 20 right. year 20 year drought drought that's never been seen before right. in the tree ring data not even like human data right. so how yeah how are we gonna we can't just keep on moving north can we no yeah, you mean go to go to oregon, oregon and washington they're having the same problems oh, that we are yeah. right? right and then you know and they're even less prepared for it because, say they're, yeah they're less prepared for because it because they're, they're used to more rain and less fire Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's, you can't, you only go so far North before you don't get enough sunlight to, yeah. you know, get from, from bud break yeah. to harvest, right. you know, right. um, it is, it is a fascinating time. Um, it is a, a time that, uh, again, emphasizes the importance of how you're farming. You know, if you have, even in a, the the hottest years, driest years, if you have soil health and you get some rain, sure. you don't necessarily have to irrigate until verasion or mm-hmm. you know and irrigate much more sparingly because the vines don't need it. If you have death under your vine, you're going to have to use a whole bunch yeah. more water. And it's important right. to understand this is why we're doing the all the soil work at Quintessa's so we can really understand what these soils are so we can know what to expect for them from them in different conditions. Typically in Napa, we had very wet winters. Right. Like, so we had great growth and we thought we had clay soils. We thought we had clay loam soils. No, we have silt. Like nice. we have silty soils. They, they, and the clay become, or like these on off clays, right? Like if you have a, enough, if you hit that threshold of rain, you have a holding capacity. Right. It's great. And the vines grew and everything's good. And but in recent years we haven't had that, and it's a completely different situation. Hmm. And so, how do we know what to expect? How do we know how to inform the vines on what to expect? Hmm. Because also, the vines start their season fat and happy, and interesting. We concept. need to get to the end, the finish line. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and if you just use your eyes above ground, things look can look balanced. And then you'd be like, I don't understand why this vineyard crashes every year. Right. We'll dig a hole, and I mean, we did. We dug a hole, and we're like, oh, oh, that's why. Right. And how deep are these pits? 
Uh, I mean, it just depends on how much. What you can get yeah, to. Yeah, what you yeah. can get to. So that yeah. te- tells you something, too. If right. the backhoe can't get further than three feet, right. then that's yeah. a pretty yeah. cemented silt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys, a few years ago, had mm-hmm. someone that where you guys went around to a bunch of properties and did some pretty yeah, serious. Some pretty deep pits. Deep pits and, yeah. and whatnot. I mean. Whoops. Traffic jam, yeah. Downtown Sonoma, First Street West. It's wild out there. Um, yeah, you know, the, we did some pits on mostly Moon Mountain District, right? Uh, and you know, you get as well what you thought, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's rocky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we we just broke another tooth off that backhoe shovel. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but again, lots of variability. I mean, even more so. And you get on the Vaca Range, or especially that western slope of the Vaca Range, um, the geology and geologic history of the Mayakamas Mountains was much more variable. Right. And much then you go out to vari- the Sonoma Coast, and it's even crazier. Right, you get right. that, like, kind of churning bulldoze. What do they call Like a bulldozer effect? The, like, Franciscan formation is basically just a melange. Hmm. <laughs> I think Sorry. we need yeah we need to get have people that understand soils on get the show more off Sonoma Island so we can learn more. <laughs> wow, well this has been awesome. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Um, you got to, I mean, just without like too much hyperbole, the quintessa is everything that is it okay you, for an apple? everything that you want, want it, to it to be, be. and then some. For um, me, I yeah, you know, it has it has restraint. Um, but it has all of the, you know, sort of opulence that you are looking for, um, you know, perfectly integrated oak, the whole deal. Yeah. I mean, for all of our listeners, it's the real deal, right? For all of our listeners, as much as we just kind of joke about Napa cab and, you know, kind of just kind of put it all as one. Well, this isn't, this is not that. I mean, this is at that tier where there is difference. Yeah. Serious, serious respect. I'm happy. I'm very happy with this one. I think it's a very... You should be. Good expression of the estate. Yeah. Like we were talking about, the the transparency, the character of Quintessa comes through. In, yeah, yeah in totally. This right. Yeah. So. I like it. Well, um, uh, Quintessa.com, right? Yes. Um, certainly, if you um, are are interested, um, uh, and, and for sure, Post and Vine, because um, we're always going to, you know, Help, right. the, help the small guy. <laughs> so go to Post and Vine, and after you've filled your allotment of Post and Vine, if you need to check out some right. Sauvignon Blanc or Cab blends, then uh, check out Quintessa. So yeah, you gotta have a couple of these around, but absolutely drink the Post and Vines and look at your Quintessas. Yeah, right. exactly. well, yeah. Yeah, look at the color of the sky up there. Isn't that spectacular today? Not Beautiful a single today. cloud at all. It's all well, from yesterday where it was oh. foggy and cloudy and overcast all day. And then that wind shifted and now it's, you know, as as clear as can be. You know, one of those times you go up to the top of the mountain and you can count the stanchions of, you know, the the uh, Richmond Bridge as it goes across the water. <laughs> right, right. Um, so Rebecca, uh, spring release is coming spring for the Rosé. Yes. Okay. Um, so, uh, people, you can sign up for, uh, her mailing list at postandvine.com. Uh, anything else? Any shout outs? Do you have any shout outs for anything you want to Oh mention? my God. I just forget. Uh, traveling any, you going to be anywhere? Of course. Mom and dad. Yeah. Of course. Um, 
in my husband. She's now my partner in Post and Vine. Okay. Yep. Got a got a loudspeaker uh, <laughs> designer right. into the Perfect. wine business. <laughs> He'll make it sound good. Right. <laughs> Did not touch. <laughs> um, no, I don't have any travel planned. I need okay. to do some of that. Yeah. Yeah, working on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sam, any shout outs? Um, uh, probably. We got a vinyl virtual vinyl Sunday coming up next weekend, the twentieth. Oh, excellent. Uh, with uh, you know, keeping rolling with with Jamie Kaler, who's been in every TV show you've ever watched, uh, and uh, his his gang that he pulls together from his his show, um, a classical jazz pianist uh, named Max Haymeyer is going to be our musical guest, um, and that'll be live on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, Sunday afternoon and then lives forever on the internet like right. all those things so if you miss it live you can be there um, and working on actually some travel I think uh, after our our show last week or a couple weeks ago with um, Brooke and Randy Hester I guess Brooke wasn't there Randy Hester down in in Austin uh, they invited me to go down there and take over their tasting room for a day so Excellent. we're gonna do we're working on hammering out the date I'm hoping May 1st uh, for the vinyl first ever road show the vinyl Sunday uh, in Austin Texas wow. so we'll see if we'll see if I you know if I get to Texas and then if I'm allowed to leave <laughs> depending on how the authorities tr- decide I Austin's different yeah, I behaved I'm gonna stay with Within the Austin city limits, yes. and uh, and and hopefully I'll be safe. And hopefully you get to go to Austin right. city limits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, alrighty. Thanks for listening, everybody. As usual, peace and love. We'll see you next week. <laughs>